0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. What then should we do? What should we do? Is there a more fundamental question? It strikes me as the question. Yes, there are other necessary and important questions. Why are we here? What is the meaning of it all? Why is there something rather than nothing? But if we take a stab at answering those questions, then our answers to those questions will lead us back to the question well, okay, what then should we do? The funny thing about the question, what then should we do, is that it is always answered. Other big questions can be left unanswered and open-ended. Now, if you were to ask me, why is there something rather than nothing? Then I will answer to you, God. But of course, someone else might not feel like the question can be answered. They might laugh and think the question to be irrelevant and silly, or they simply might not care. But the question, what then should we do, is always, always answered. Even if you don't answer it, it gets answered. Because if we leave the question unanswered, then our real answer is nothing, or the same thing that we were going to do anyway. Nothing is, in fact, something. What then should we do? It can be a frivolous question, or it can be deadly serious. It can be the type of question we ask on a day off with no pressing responsibilities weighing upon us. It can be the type of question that we ask on date night. But so, too, the question, what should we do? can be the type of question we ask in response to a, a horrible medical diagnosis. It is the question that, float, that folks are asking themselves in Kentucky and, and other places in the aftermath of those horrendous and awful tornadoes of late Friday and early Saturday. It is, therefore, also the question that presses on us, at least implicitly. What then should we do when we learn this news what should we do what should then we do in response to another school shooting what do we do as the roads reproductive rights what do we do in response to the the growing power of radicalized christian nationalism what then should we do in the face of climate crisis What then should we do? The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People have been coming from all over the Judean countryside and from Jerusalem to participate in what John is doing. What makes this interesting is that there is already a system in place for accomplishing the forgiveness of sins linked to the temple in Jerusalem. But people are coming to John because he is offering something different. And something new. And something new and different is just what John is offering. John is is offering more than just forgiveness. His offer is also about a renewal of the covenant with God and the ushering in of a new age. It is about the advent and coming of the Messiah and the return to the promised land. And that's why the Jordan River is so important. John did not pick the Jordan by accident or by whim. No, John chose Jerusalem. Rather, he chose the Jordan River because the the Jordan River was the last obstacle the people of Israel faced before they crossed over into the land that God had promised. To be baptized in the Jordan River then was an act of participating in a newly emerging kingdom, a a new reality that God would soon be ushering in with the arrival of the Messiah. And as such, the baptism that John offers is about entering into this new reality that God is bringing forth. And in this way, this is a baptism of repentance. Not the the flattened out repentance that we often associate with the word. No, this this repentance that John speaks of is not just a feeling bad or or being sorry for the wrong things that we have done. No, the repentance that John speaks of is a, is a fundamental reorientation of the way we are to think about the world and about our lives. It is a, it is a revolution in our worldview and in our thinking. It is a, a revolution of the heart. The Hebrew word for repentance means to return, as in returning to the covenantal relationship with God. The Greek word means a a wholesale change of mind. And therefore, to repent means to see the world through the eyes of God and to share in God's concerns. To repent is is to orient ourselves by God's judgment and by God's promise, but as John makes clear it's it's not it's not enough to just accept the baptism that he offers. For if we are to reorient ourselves and look at our lives and the world with God's eyes then that will inevitably mean that there will be change involved. If living into God's kingdom is 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 about living in a in a particular is not about living in a particular space Or achieving a special status, but is instead a way of perceiving the world, then that perception of the world will have implications for how we are to interact with our own lives and with the lives of our fellow human beings. It will mean living lives that that conform with God's vision and God's justice. We will be called to to bear fruit worthy of repentance. It will mean that our actions match the vision. If God's new reality is emerging all around us, if God's Messiah has come and is coming again, what then should we do? What then should we do? That's that's what they ask John after he calls them vipers. What then should we do? How should we live to match the awesome vision of a world set right by God? John's response is deceptively simple. What then should we do? Share. Give. If you have two coats, then give one away to someone who has none. If you have enough food, then share what you have. To the, to the most hated. And compromised figures in their society to the to the tax collectors and the soldiers who were were the tools of the hated Roman occupation. John does not tell them to, to quit their jobs or to get out. He doesn't even say to subvert the orders they've been given. He doesn't condemn them. He doesn't call them hopeless. Instead, John teaches them to live into their roles, but to do so with integrity and compassion and justice. What then should we do? Perhaps we are called to great and earth shattering things. Perhaps we are called to produce some sort of of immense and substantive change in the world. But more often than not, we are called to do simple things. In fact, we we might not even be able to comprehend the, the great things, let alone do them, without first doing the simple and small things. What then should we do? Share. Give. Walk with integrity, compassion, and justice. Allow yourself to imagine a world transformed by these actions. Allow yourself to imagine a society that was not trapped in violence and enmity and predation, but instead grounded in mutual care and regard. What then should we do? I believe that John invites us here to look at the world around us and and to really see it. To see the injustice and the oppression. John invites us to see the pain and the need and then calls on us to to act. Share. Give. Give embrace integrity compassion and justice do the small thing share a little money give a little time have compassion on those who are hurting and and find a way to help them it is simplicity but it is Simple acts like these that transform the world. What then? What then should we do? Amen.